Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Have you ever heard someone quote a date for the end times? The scientific and academic communities have been trying to boast their intellect century after century by calculating the exact day and time. Today, Pastor J.D. agrees that the rapture is coming and it will be swift. However, only God knows exactly how and when it will happen. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 6th, 2023. I think like this, just pray for me, because I picture it, the body language. Here walks up David, what? Samuel, it's him. The brothers, what? Dad, no way. Even David's probably going, okay, well, my heart is after God's own heart. I am his to do with as he pleases. And then Samuel is even, and we're talking the prophet Samuel here, okay? The Lord has to like pull him aside, just say, hey, Sam, Sammy, get over here. We're going to talk. I know you're, you're blown away here. <laughs> yeah, you think? Well, let me explain something to you. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. I think about when King Asa is sent this prophecy from the prophet on the heels of a victory over a one million man army of the Ethiopians. And the prophet prophesies to him and says, don't you know that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts fully devoted to him so that he could be strong on their behalf? So just kind of picture this. Use your God-given imagination and picture God doing a search. I'm looking for somebody. Oh, can't use him. He thinks more highly of himself than he ought. And if I even tried to, well, he would certainly take all the credit for it. And everybody would be more than happy to give him all the credit for it. After all, look at his credentials. No wonder. Nah, I think I'll choose that guy. It's laughable. So that when I find a heart that is after my own heart, fully devoted to me, fully depending on me, fully relying on me, fully committed to me, now we're talking. I'm going to use him. Yeah, but he's not even a pastor. I know. Oh, he's all he's got is a YouTube channel. I know. But I can use somebody like that. 
Yeah, but he hasn't written any books. That's actually going to seal the deal for me. That's the guy I'm going to use because he's not going to be selling books at the table out front afterwards. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that they have fancied themselves now as being the experts, so that if God should happen to choose a David to use, the problem isn't that God's going to choose to use a David. The problem is when these other guys who have all of the credentials are not. And they cross the line when with that scholarship and academia and knowledge and theology and all of the above, they start looking down on and piling on and are condescending of and belittling of and dismissive of the guy that God chooses to use. Are we okay? So you've got a group of people now that God in His sovereignty, in His grace, has in His search found to choose and use that baffle the minds of all the experts. And they're actually daring to say, I think we're out of here. And this is the direction I want to go, and it's for this reason that I'm going in this direction. And what I want to do is build upon a detailed account in the book of Exodus, namely that of the departure preparedness, as it were, when the Israelites had to be at the ready to leave Egypt in haste. They started up YouTube channels there in Egypt, and they were doing these podcasts, and they were, they were saying, hey, th- this is it, this is it. We need to be ready. Enter Exodus chapter 12, replete with typology concerning Jesus as the fulfillment of the Passover prophecy. I want to draw your attention to the specific details as it relates to the urgency and haste with which the Israelites had to be ready at any moment. No, no hurry. We got 50 years. No, no. No, come back. Come back. Exodus 12. I want to kind of, by way of an introduction, this is only the introduction, Pastor? Well, not really, but we'll get there. It's going to be germane to our understanding of what the Spirit is saying to us as the church today for those who have ears to hear and hearts to receive. Behold, I come quickly. Listen to verse 11, Exodus 12. Now, you understand the Passover, I'm not going to go into it, nor do I have the time to. But that tenth plague, the angel of death would pass over if they had the blood of the lamb in the shape of a cross on the doorposts, they would be saved and the angel of death would pass over them, a prophecy that would be fulfilled by the person of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Okay? Now, the Israelites are about to be taken out in haste, of Egypt. No time. We don't have time. You don't have 50 years. 
And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, ready to go, your sandals on your feet. We call them slippers. They'll call them flip-flop. I did that. Never call in Hawaii slippers flip-flop. You'll get flip-flopped if you do. (laughs) I mean, you got your slippers on and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. There's no time. Why? It is the Lord's Passover. It's time. This is happening. We're doing this. Verses 33 and 34, Exodus 12. And the the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. Hang on to that word haste. I, I really like this word haste in this context. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, no time, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. We're ready. We're ready to go. Good. In haste. Right. No time. I know. That's why. Verse 39. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because, here's why, listen please very carefully, they were driven out of Egypt, can I say taken out of Egypt, and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Why is that? Because it happened so fast. Oh, I thought I had 50 years to prepare for provisions for this. No, no time. Oh, I thought we had time we could wait for, no, and could not wait. No time to prepare the provisions, because I'm taking you out in haste, in haste, suddenly, quickly, now. Now, just checking again, just checking. Pastor, where are you going with this? Just as the Israelites left Egypt in haste, not even preparing provisions, so too is this true for us. In other words, There had to be an urgency and a preparedness to leave in haste from Egypt, which in typology the world is a picture of Egypt. And just as Israel was taken out of Egypt with haste, so too will we be taken out of this world in the pre-trib rapture with haste. There's no time. There's no time. Now we still have a problem. What's the problem? The problem is that many Christians today do not possess this urgency, and as such they're not preparing with haste for the pre-tribulation rapture. And this for several reasons, not the least of which is that they still think that we have time I wrote a book a couple years ago, so it can't happen right now, because then I have to go back and rewrite that book, or take and edit it, or something, because we still have time, because this has to happen, but that has to, no it doesn't. Well, according to the Greek and the Hebrew, no, 
Oh, have you seen my credentials? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I don't need to see them. I know that you've got them framed huge on your wall in your office to, for on display. You dust them off every day. If this weren't bad enough, instead of a pre-tribulation rapture preparedness, many are actually focused on the next pandemic preparedness. Why is that, you ask? Well, it's because many buy the lie with the prolific and powerful propaganda that's fed to the masses in ways never before known. It's the likes of which we have never seen before, nor will we ever see again. I want to expound on this. Specifically, why do people buy the lie? Why is this so prevalent and pronounced? And even amongst Christians, and even amongst prophecy teachers. Well, I want to talk about that for the remainder of our time. What I wanted to say <laughs> was this. <laughs> A couple years ago, this is back in 2020, 2021. It's funny, but it's sad. You know what I mean? It's kind of a paradoxical thing. But it was asked of the, I want to say it was the Amish, you know, community, why nobody in the, you know, these Amish communities were getting COVID? And the answer was, because we don't have a TV. <laughs> True story. They didn't get sick, because see, they weren't brainwashed. Never. We did a whole, we did more than one prophecy update on the programming, the predictive programming. You know, the movies from even 50 years ago were all preparing us for this. It was predictive programming. You can go back even now, and when, I'll never forget that update. It was one of the more interesting ones. Boy, it took a lot of time, though, to go through all that material. But I only quoted a handful of very well-known movies that had these very subtle, almost subliminal, predictive programming about a virus, a pandemic. And oh, so interesting how it was almost verbatim in how it paralleled with what really happened. That's just the movies and television programs and Netflix series. How about all the tabletop exercises that were conducted prior? You know, I, I've shared documentation with you. I had no intention of going this far, but too late. I'm already there, so we'll take the scenic route this, this time, I guess. I've shared with you documentation. By the way, you, you won't find it anymore. They pulled it. I've shared with you documentation about how they already had this quote-unquote vaccine in 2017. Did you know that? How did they know? <laughs> wow, amazing. Well, I'm kind of getting out of it. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. Let's start with this post from a couple of weeks ago on July 21st. It's a fact sheet from the White House about the launch of what they're dubbing the Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy. Translated, we want to prepare you for the next one. There's a next one? Yeah, the sequel. <laughs> a couple of brief quotes. 
the Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy will drive and coordinate federal science and technology efforts related to pandemic preparedness. Specifically, OPPR will oversee efforts to develop, manufacture, and procure the next generation of medical countermeasures. That right there doesn't sound good. Including leveraging emerging technologies, you know what that means, and working with HHS on next generation vaccines and treatments for COVID-19 and other public health threats, you know, the ones that we have been planning for decades and had these so-called vaccines already ready for, and we just needed to prepare you for this so that you would take what we prepared for you to take. Doubtless you know that they've been programming and preparing the population for the next pandemic for quite some time. And it's evidenced by this quote from Tony Blair at this year's World Economic Forum Davos 2023 conference titled, I mean just the title alone, 100 Days to Outrace the Next Pandemic. (laughs) I'm still trying to breathe after not having to wear a mask for three years. We got another one coming? Here's a quote. Blair, Tony Blair, you know who he was, right? Was, is, I don't care who he is. You're going to have to look after that population first, and I also think this issue to do with the technology and the digital infrastructure, I just want to emphasize how important I think that is, because in the end you need the data, you need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. (laughs) There will be multiple shots you've got to have for reasons to do with health care, more generally, but certainly for a pandemic or for vaccines. You've got to have a proper, here it comes, digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. In other words, They're not prepared, and they need to be prepared, because we're about to launch this on you guys, y'all. Doubtless you also know that the narrative surrounding the pre-planned COVID pandemic and so-called vaccine that ensued was merely a dress rehearsal of sorts for what the demon-possessed conspirators have pre-planned next. By the way, I call them that for a reason, if you'll allow me to, I'll explain why. Some refer to them as the globalists, the deep state, the, you know, whatever. Let's be honest, call them whatever title you want, put whatever label on it you want. These are demon-possessed people. And I would even venture to say that some have sold their soul to Satan with the promise that they would live forever under the banner of transhumanism. That's why I call them demon-possessed conspirators, because they are demon-possessed conspirators. They are conspiring together, and it is all driven by, and they are all possessed by, 
demons, and it comes from Satan himself. Chief among them, none other than Bill Gates, who has seemingly been at the helm of this aforementioned narrative by continually reminding the brainwashed global population, and the global population is brainwashed, this global population he seeks to reduce by his own admission, that we must have more public health bureaucracy for what he assures us will be, wait for it, the next pandemic. This according to The Hill in a recent interview with Gates, who should know, (laughs) because he's the one who pre-plans for, invests in, and profits from the very crisis he creates by offering what he's actually been quoted as calling the final solution. I mean, is it me? Am I reading a little bit too much into this? Am I overreacting? Am I overstating? Am I yelling? (laughs) Yes, I'm yelling. I'll stop yelling. Here's the bottom line. (laughs) God in His wisdom, in His grace, in His love, has deemed it fit in His search for hearts fully devoted to Him to use them to sound the alarm that this is it. Be ready to be taken out in haste. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. What what if there is another sequel, you know, COVID 2.0 or COVID the sequel, or kind of like the Rocky movies? How many were there? Like 28 of those? And rivaling the number of boosters that... I heard true story that a young, uh, young person, teenager, has just received that they run to stand in line for their eighth booster shot. Eighth. Eighth booster shot. Okay, so what if there's another one of these that they're preparing us for pre-rapture? I'm still preparing for the pre-trib rapture. I'm not going to let them prepare me for what they want to prepare for me. I'm going to be prepared for what Jesus said. He went to prepare for me a place in his father's house. And if it were not so, he would not have told me that he goes to prepare a place for me, that where he is there I may be also. You know what he's talking about, don't you? He's preparing a place for us as his bride to consummate and celebrate our marriage to the Lamb. And that celebration takes place for, wait for it, period of seven, number of completion. I like how one said it, while the world is tribulating, we're going to be celebrating. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. 
How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.